0: Good rainy morning, church. They tell me it's Christmas, but it feels more like Easter, doesn't it? W- Weather-wise, at least. Welcome to Calvary Chapel. I know uh, many people are traveling elsewhere, and many of you have traveled here to be with uh, friends and relatives, and so I hope and pray that you were uh, warmly uh, greeted and welcomed with the love of Jesus Christ here to our Sunday morning family gathering, so we can uh, worship the Lord together, get into His Word, and, and practically love one another in just some small ways here on Sunday morning. Again, welcome. If you did not bring a Bible with you, that is okay. We have them in the back to give out, so let's get Bibles handed out. If you didn't bring a Bible, just put your hand up nice and high, and the guys in the back will bring one to you. We'd love to have you uh, go through the passage with us in the Bible, which will be... John chapter 8, Father, I just, Lord, the things that you plan, the things that you do, uh, what you've meant to us, what you've been uh, through for us, to give us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Father, I thank you for Koki and her love for your word, the way you've given her just a hunger for righteousness. I pray for others, Lord, as they get into your word, as as they force themselves to turn off the tube or get off of the the computer and open up your word, Lord, even against their own will, that they would be oddly drawn closer to you. Father, your word tells us that uh, if we would draw close to you, you have already drawn close to us. And we're reminded of that this Christmas, that you drew close to us, being born in in human flesh, Lord. Father, we thank you for Bubba. It's what you're doing in his life. And Father, we pray for for victory over food, victory over uh, his health, Lord, that, that you would be empowering him by the Spirit. And I pray for any others in here that that have strongholds in their lives, areas where they they are still captive. Lord, I pray that this very Word today brings freedom, brings a new start this Christmas. It's in Jesus' name, all of God's people said, Amen, Amen. John chapter 8 is where we will begin. Again, uh, this passage that we're about to read These are the things that keep me going as a pastor, that keep me, this is why we go through the Bible together. This is why we open it up and and we read and we study together because of what it produces in people's lives. So let's just pick up, we'll read, uh, I'll read the section that we're going to look at this morning and then we'll go back to the beginning and we'll look through it verse by verse. Starting in verse 31 of John chapter 8. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. That's worth an amen right there, isn't it? Amen. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants, and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have seen with your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. Uh Uh-oh. Then they said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. Whoa, boy is right. Them's fighting words. I mean, no one can accuse uh, Jesus of soft selling, huh? He speaks with such clarity. Verse 31, Jesus said to the Jews who believed him. If you look back at verse 30 and actually back up through the whole section... He was speaking to them about, about God, about his Father. He had said, I am the light of the world. All of this is connected. Jesus brought the truth, the truth about God, the truth about people, the truth about the world, the truth about eternity. All of these things came. You know, when I go to different places and I speak to people, whether it's on the street doing evangelism or at the soup kitchen or wherever I might be, you know, with relatives or, or wherever. Some of you are going to be with relatives for the holidays you know, there 's something I love to do, and, and that is to undo all the falsehood about God. There are so many misconceptions and misunderstandings about God that when you talk to people they 'll say, "Well, this is what we believe about God say, oh no, you know, that 's not what he 's like at all, and so I get to share with them what God is like and so the, he had been sharing these things about his father about the 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 challenge. Of the possibility that they would die in their sins by rejecting Jesus. And we talked about that last week. And through that, some people believed. Some came to believe in what Jesus was saying. So now he turns aside and he specifically begins to speak to them. To those that believe. That's what verse 31 says. And this is what he says to them. And this is what he says to you and, and, and me today. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth Shall make you free. So he starts out talking to those who believed, and he tells them that, hey, it, there's a difference between being a believer and a disciple. See, you're believers, you, you believe, but if you do something, then you're my disciples, truly. And I think there's a lot of people that in the church are believers. Well, I, I believe in the virgin birth, I believe in Christmas, I believe in these things, but yet are not. A disciple is a follower. A, d- a disciple is a learner, and have never actually crossed that bridge to to go that step farther from a head knowledge of what God said or what Jesus said. I know about Him to actually becoming a believer, and therefore, consequently, you see other people enjoying freedom, enjoying things in the body of Christ, enjoying life, and you wonder why it's not happening for you. Why? Why don't? Why don't? i believe it i talk to people all the time who believe but i say well how often do you read your bible well never i I read it once last year i started in genesis 1 i got to chapter 5 and that was it and and look how many times he says you if you abide you are my disciples and you shall know the truth and, and the truth shall make you free jesus came for you and this is about you and me the word abide maybe you've called your home or maybe this is an older word but it's where my it's my abode this is where i abide in my abode i abode my i abide my abode that's where i'm settled down it's where i'm comfortable it's where i live it's where i remain it's where i dwell and he says to them it's wonderful that you believe but if you abide if you dwell in if you're comfortable and if you settle down into my word. Then. You're my disciples. Then you're going to keep learning. Then you're going to keep growing. God's word, David said in Psalm 119, is a lamp to my feet, and a light to my path. Peter tells the people he's writing to, he says, like a newborn baby desires mother's milk. So you should desire the pure milk of God's word. So that you can do what? So that you can grow. God's word is so vitally important. is that if you settle down and remain in my word. Then you're my disciples truly or indeed. And then the consequence of that. The experience of that. Is that you know the truth. Well what's the converse? The converse is that we already know all the lies. We can get those any day. Those are cheap. And those are easy to come by. Would you agree with that? Th- that our world is filled with lies that, that are generated by greed. that are generated by ambition. There, there are all kinds of lies that are, filled, that are filling uh, our world. I don't have any trouble finding those. But the truth. Knowing the truth. You know how powerful it is to know the truth? If, if someone wants to manipulate you, if someone wants to control you, what's the best way to do that? Control what you know. If you can control what a person knows you can control their lives. Because what we live the way we live is based on what we know. We do the best we can with what we know, right? If we think that this is if we think that money is going to make us happy, if we really believe that, then what do we go for? We go for money. I want to go to the to the best school, to get the best job so I can make the most money so I can finally be happy. It's a lie. It's a lie. But because you believe it's true, so our beliefs See, I, I tell people, uh, churches have statements of faith on their website, right? But you can say anything you want on paper. When you come and you watch how we live, you'll know what we really believe. And if we could come into your house, if we could put those video cameras into your living room, and, and into your, your, the areas of, of your house, and watch your life. It doesn't matter what comes out of your mouth, what you say you believe. I'll tell you what you really believe by the way you live. And that's how to know what you really believe. Because your beliefs, your true beliefs, dictate your true behavior. And so Jesus is saying, but if you listen continually, if you stay in my word, then you're truly my followers. And the result of that, listen, the result of that is you'll know the truth. And the experience of knowing the truth and the consequence of knowing the truth is that the truth, that knowledge, sets you free. Sets you free. And we live in a country where the Declaration of Independence says we have the right to pursue life, liberty, and happiness. But there's a lot of people in America that aren't free. And I'm not talking about the ones that are in jail or in prison. I'm talking about some right in this room. I'm talking about people all over the place that are... uh, It's lies that they have believed, Lies about all kinds of different things. I find this to be true. People that are into God's Word, just, they get free from all kinds of stuff. Because you read it and you go, oh, I mean, I'm, do you remember the first time, those of you that have been saved like a long time, remember the first time you read God's Word and it was like, you remember things, just jumped off the page, you go, wow, I never saw that before. How did, The Word of God is living. It really is. And you, so you read this, I've read this a bunch of times, but then you read it one time and it's like, whoa, I never saw that before. That's for me. I remember when I had that experience, where I was reading, I I'd walked into a Bible study years ago, this is probably 20 years ago, 19 years ago, and I went into the Bible study and I threw the Bible at the guy who was leading the Bible study and said, I don't understand this book. It doesn't make any sense to me. I can't make, I get to chapter 5, I read the begets and the begets and I, that's it, I give up. And so I sat down in that Bible study, because I wanted to know, I wanted to learn what was right what was wrong, because I didn't grow up learning what was right and what was wrong. Lots of stuff I didn't understand, didn't know. And something happened. it was we were reading the story of Abraham, it was uh, this Bible study in Genesis, and we were going through the life of Abraham. and something changed at that Bible study. I realized that I just, still didn't understand a lot, but I knew that this word was for me. It was God's Word was speaking to my life. And I began to come to the Bible not like a, an academic book so I can memorize verses and memorize facts about a guy named Jesus, but that God wanted to speak to me, about my life about what I was doing and how I was living and what I was thinking about people and myself and God himself. And the more I began to respond and go, oh, because I have to confess that I'm wrong. That's the challenge. If you read something that is different than what you think, you can't say, oh, look, poor God, he got that one wrong. He doesn't understand like I do. You confess, wow, I must have that wrong." And you shall know the truth, and the truth is what sets you free. Raising your hands in a worship service doesn't set you free. Attending church for the sake of attending church doesn't. Going through rituals doesn't set you free. Oprah Winfrey doesn't set you free. The truth. God's word is truth, and it is it's liberating when you know these things. So, they missed the point of what Jesus is saying, like so many, ha- like the woman at the well did, like Nicodemus did, uh, like all, all, so many people have missed the point of what he was saying. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. Catch that, anyone. How can you say you'll be made free? They kind of take offense at this. What do you mean we can be made free? We've never been in bondage. Now they forgot about Egypt and they forgot about Babylon and they forgot about the current fact that they were, Rome was in control of them. So, I'm not sure where they get this from. But they say we've never been in bondage to anyone. They're speaking about a physical, uh, cultural bondage that would be another culture kind of reigning over them, which again, the Romans were. And Jesus has to clarify this for them. Because it's not anyone. The question is anything. And he says to them, he answered them, verse 34, Most assuredly, hey check this out is another way you could say that i say to you whoever commits sin is a slave of sin there, there's a greater freedom than just being you know the, the freedom we talk about in america is i'm free too i'm free to do this I'm, I'm free to say whatever i want freedom of speech which is getting taken away by the way uh, i'm well you can talk about anything just not jesus and sin talk about anything else but not these things you're not free to, we're not free to talk about uh, sin and, and whatnot, but there's this, somehow people think that they're free because they're free to engage in sin. You're, yeah, if you want, you're free to destroy your life if you want. You're free to destroy your family if you want. Sure, I, I want, I'm, but I'm free. I talk to a guy, I mean, I talk to all kinds of, talk to people. People are interesting, aren't they? I mean, I, the things people say, I, I want to smoke my thing, I want to smoke my thing. How can you say we'll be made free? Hey, if whoever continues to, and it's in the present tense, which means this is, an, this is an ongoing, whoever continues to commit sin, you know what happens to you? It starts out with once. No one ever sets out to commit adultery. No one ever sets out to get hooked on meth or cocaine. Or You don't set out, you just try it once. And then once becomes twice. And then twice becomes an addiction. No one sets out to get hooked on pornography. But sin is like that. You do it, you, get, you do it once. And and then it begins, you give it that foothold. You give sin that foothold, you give it an inch and it'll take a mile. Whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. And there's a lot of people, maybe some in this room, a lot of people in our world that are slaves to sin. I want to be free. I want to be free to love people. I want to be free to serve people. My goal, I want to be, because of Christ, I want to not need anything. I'm not there yet. I, I want to just need, now, if you read the article, there's this woman who's like the, she's from Ukraine and she's the human Barbie doll. Have you seen her? She's like a human, she's transformed herself into a Barbie doll. It's, it's incredible to see it. It's like, you have to look, is that really, is that her really? And evidently she wants to live on air. Okay, I'm thinking, that's, that's not, when I say I want to be free, I'm not talking about like, you know, we got to eat and breathe and those kind of things. I said, as I read the article, I was like, oh, good luck with that one. But I want to be free from, from the things that oppress me personally. Free from people pleasing. I, I made a little list here in my Bible. I want to be free, even for you church folks, I want to be free from denominational thinking. I don't want to be stuck to doing something just because the denomination says it's so. If I find it to be against what God's word says. I want to be free from religiosity—the veneer of going through the, re- re- the motions to make myself feel better or to make others feel better about me. Maybe some of you, the the, the sin that you're a slave to is pornography. Maybe it's other types of sexual sin. Everything from uh, sex outside of marriage through homosexuality—all of these things greed maybe some of you are slave to greed or alcohol or jealousy or anger or bitterness all of those sinful things they begin to call the shots in your life so here's the question you've got Romans chapter 6 mark go there if you would with me Romans chapter 6 because my question is what controls your life see i, I know people that smoke cigarettes or you know drink alcohol if you if you have an addiction like that, you know that you're not in control of your life. You're not free. That thing, that addiction, that calls the shots in your life. That attitude is the one leading the show for you. You'd like something different, but you have to stop by the story. You gotta pick Because that's what's calling the shots in your life. Now, look at Romans chapter 6. Paul takes the same idea of slavery and sin. Look at verse 15, Romans 6. All of this is about, because we're saved by grace... We're saved by God's grace, not by our works. Paul has to write this to explain that just because we're saved by grace doesn't mean we should go on sinning and say, hey, we're saved by grace. We can live however we want. And and Peter would say, don't use your liberty as a cloak for vice to do what? what to, To fulfill my vices in life. Just because I say, hey, I'm free in Christ, right? I'm free. Well... You, you can be free in Christ, but make yourself a slave to sin. And that's what Paul's talking about. Look then at verse 15. He says, what then, shall we sin because we're not under the law, but under grace? No way, certainly not. May it never be. Verse 16, do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one slave whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness. Haven't you ever noticed that it's just so easy it's so, we just become a slave to sin. sin. Sin calls, and we just answer it. You know, why is it that when we get angry, like, I was thinking about this the other day, you know, road rage and things like that, and, and t- any of you have to deal with, um, like, telemarketers or, or um, uh, people on the telephone that you're trying to get something done, everything is so hard these days, isn't it, to get customer service stuff done? And this just feel that like, like start to well up inside you. Like I just want to take the phone and just break it in a thousand pieces. Ah. Alright, so I need counseling. Uh, I've been through a few things this year. But why is it that the natural tendency is to get angry and curse someone out? You, you don't hear someone say, Man, I just I got angry and I just I just told them how much I loved them. I couldn't help it. I just couldn't help myself. I just it just I wanted to curse him out, but it just, boom, out came. I just, oh, you you know, I just love you. Why is it that that's the natural tendency? Why aren't we slaves to righteousness? Why don't we go, you know, no, no, do you go first. Oh, I did it again. I can't help that. Oh, I always do that. I really wanted to be, to hold a grudge, but I just, I don't know. I, did, I tried to hold a grudge, but I just had to forgive him. I just couldn't help it. The Bible says that's what our lives should be like. If we make ourselves slaves, see, because we give in to those sinful tendencies, he says, that's who our, that, the one you obey, that's who's, you know who's your master? The one you obey. Look down at verse 18. And having been set free from sin, see, the freedom is not to sin. The freedom is for, I don't have to sin anymore. I'm free from it. I got an alternative now. I can do what's right. Having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Look down a little bit farther. He says, uh, for just as you presented your members, your bodies, as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, here's what you do now. So now, present your members or your body, your life, as slaves of righteousness for holiness. Hey, guess what? Jesus is saying, go back to John chapter 8. John is saying, you have the the opportunity now to choose to present your body to God to do what's right. That's a radical thought, isn't it? But you have to know what that is. So Jesus says to them, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. You see, they said Abraham, we're we're Abraham's descendants. Abraham was the father of the Jewish nation, genealogically, genetically. He was the father of the Jewish nation. And they sort of counted on that. Well, my, my parents were Jews and my grandparents were Jews. And you might say, well, my parents were Christians, my grandparents were Christians. And so therefore, hey, I'm okay. I got baptized when I was young and everything's fine. But Jesus says to them, don't be so sure they were secure in the fact that well they had these generations connected to abraham but he in fact says to them a slave does not abide in the house forever see actually you guys aren't children you're slaves and a slave can be sent packing a slave can be sent out but he says the son is in the house forever So the key, and you become a son by being born or adopted into the house, right? And the son has the right to set that slave free. And so he says, "Look, if the son makes you free, truly you'll be free." Amen. Verse thirty-seven: I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father. And you do what you have seen with your father. So this is going to heat up here pretty quickly. Like father, like son is what Jesus is saying. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if, isn't that a great way to start? If, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me. A man who has told you the truth which I heard from God. Th- that's the problem when people are believing lies. They don't like the truth. Because sometimes lies are real convenient, aren't they? They had set up very convenient lies that we're secure because of this thing over here. We're secure because of Abraham. Doesn't matter how we live. They're, gonna, they're, they're plotting to kill Jesus who came in, presenting God to them. And they're plotting to kill him. And thinking they're okay because well we're 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 born in the right the right family. People are so good at lying to themselves. Those are the most deceptive lies, aren't they? The ones we tell ourselves. I'm a good person. That is probably the most condemning lie. That that uh, can be told. I'm a good person. Well, I'm okay. I've got it all together. You see. Abraham believed God, didn't he? When God spoke, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So that's how Jesus is simply saying, I see you guys, I see Abraham, and I'm not seeing a similarity here. Abraham believed God, and you guys don't believe. Therefore, you're not, family has resemblance, is that true? There's a resemblance in family. I find myself, if you could meet my dad, you'd say, oh yeah, I see it. And when I coached soccer years ago, we'd meet, we'd play with, you know, the kids would be playing soccer, then we'd meet their parents, oh yeah, I see the resemblance. And even now, sometimes I catch myself in a mannerism or speaking in a way, and I go, oh, that was my dad. And you do that same thing? Or maybe ladies, oh, that's my mom. I do that, my mom does that, and I see, I've, we become our parents. Kids, look out. You become your parents. And that's what Jesus is saying. You become, listen, listen, you become your parents. Now he's talked to them about their father, Abraham. So now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this, but you do the deeds of your father. Oh boy, get ready, fasten your seatbelts. They said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Now, that is probably an insinuation or an allusion to the fact that Jesus was born, uh, was conceived out of wedlock. And that's what fornication is. Sex outside of wedlock, outside of marriage. So that's a real dig. But Jesus, oh man, you think he's, he's stumbled by that? He doesn't go, oh, put him up, put him, no. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. See, if really God were your father, if what you're saying about yourself is true, a lot of people, again, false reports about themselves. People have a, a lousy self-perspective. The Bible says the heart is desperately wicked and deceitful. Your heart will deceive you. That's why you need the Word of God. Because you come and say, my heart tells me I'm such a good person. Then you read the Word of God and what it says, sin is, you. Go, oh, not as good as I thought. You mean if I even think lustful thoughts? That's the same as committing adultery? You mean if I get angry without a cause? That's like murder? I thought I was a good person. But I read God's word and see if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Their continual uh, thing that they say about him is that he's just, he's a liar, he's deceptive, he's just come on his own, he's not really from God. That's what they say about him. And he continues to affirm, I came forth from God. I've been sent by God. This wasn't my idea. Why do you not understand my speech? And here's why. Because you're not able to listen to my word. And here's why, verse 44, you are of your father, the devil. That was the right hook right there. Down for the count. Pow! He doesn't leave them to wonder. What do you think he's saying? He's pretty clear, isn't he? You are of your father, the devil. Well, how do you know? You are of the father, the devil, and the desire, desires of, the, of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Think back to the garden, folks. Think back, not to Cain and Abel, although that's part of it. Think back to Adam and Eve. Remember God said, of all the trees, I put this one in there, the, the tree of the knowledge of, of good and evil. And you can have all of these things that are yours. To, why is it the one thing we can't have is the thing we want? That's the thing Satan points out. Why well, can't have, the, Satan says, well, why can't you have that? You should want that. That's, that's off limits. That's illegal. Oh, you should want that. And that's what happened in the garden. All these things, all these trees, all these fruit you can eat them, oh, all have at it, guys, enjoy. When it comes to the things that God has told you you can have, have it all. Enjoy it. It's wonderful. You're so free to enjoy all of these things God has given you. But he said, of that one tree, uh, leave that one alone because it'll cause you to die. And then Satan comes on the scene. And what does he say to Eve? What did God really say? I mean, are you sure God said that? And she said, oh, yeah, God said that. He said I shouldn't even touch it, which is probably smart. It's not what he said, but hey, a little extra, line, little extra uh, cushion there. It can't hurt. And then he says, then Satan says to, to Eve, you won't die. God's just keeping something from you that's good for you. you won't. And she said, oh, well, you know, well now that you mention it, it, it sure seems like it looks good. I mean, it sure looks like it's going to taste good, too. Yeah, why, why shouldn't I be able to enjoy that thing? so he lied to her and by lying to her it caused the death of all humanity spiritually speaking she ate of it she gave to her husband who was with her and they fell and look friends that's how lies work in your life there is a lie that why shouldn't i be able to do that why don't i have the right to do that why does god want to make things so tough on us god is trying to protect you from yourself And he tells you the truth so you can be free instead of believing lies and listening to lies that somehow these things are going to make me happy or these things are going to make me free. And all they do is lead you to death and oppression and bondage and slavery. I hate to see Satan win. I really, really do. Which brings me back to why I love to teach God's Word. Because it's so freeing. And if only God's people... Would listen and take heed what God is saying and be willing to deny myself, take up my cross and follow him. And say, so, you know, I know, I know that's what I want, but God says not, it's not good, and, and I, I'm gonna have to trust him on that one. You know, why can't I date her if she's not a Christian? Why can't we sleep together even though we're not married? I love him. And be careful. Be careful. There's time look. There's a time in your life to tell yourself no. Isn't there? We're not, good Ameri- We're not good as Americans at doing that. We want the answer to always to be yes. And we want our kids to always hear the word yes. But sometimes, moms and dads, the best thing you can tell your kids is no. And if it's good for you to tell your kids, isn't it good for God to tell us sometimes no? Why? Because it's going to hurt you. That's why God calls sin, sin. Not because he just wants to make us to have no fun at all in life, but because he wants to make sure you do have fun. An enjoyable life and an abundant life. And he wants to take out of your life all those things that just grind you to powder. Amen. It's so freeing. He was a murderer from the beginning. He's full of lies. Verse 44 is a long verse. Boy. Uh, he was a murderer from the beginning. He does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. For he is a liar and the father of it. Every time you tell a lie, you know where it comes from. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And there's a pause there. So if you're trying to kill me, what am I guilty of? You ever ask that in society? Why is, what is Jesus guilty of that we can't mention his name in school? What is Jesus guilty of that we get ashamed to say his name in a public place? What is Jesus guilty of but dying for us? Does that make any sense? The Bible says the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked ones. Or the wicked ones, excuse me. There's so many lies that people are believing that we get ashamed to even say Jesus' name. I don't even know why. We shouldn't be. He is love incarnate. He is truth incarnate. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He was of God, hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. Period. That's heavy stuff for Christmas time, isn't it? But only if you want to keep rejecting. I mean, he says it right here. I'm telling you the truth. Why don't you believe me? We'll believe the scientist on YouTube. We'll believe this person over here. We'll believe some, some guy that I talked to, you know, uh, that s- told me this about God. But when God speaks for himself, we go, I don't know if I can believe that. Why is that? you ever just sit and think, this stuff doesn't make sense. So as, as I'm going to invite Nick back up in the praise team. This is time well spent, isn't it? Time in God's word. And so today could be the first day of someone going, you know, you got to be honest with yourself. There's no if you're. The longer you continue to lie to yourself about your life, the deeper you'll get into into uh, to rejection of God. The the more you reject God, the easier it becomes to reject God. But God is giving you a chance today. John eight only comes around once about every twelve years around here. As we go through the whole Bible. So I'm going to take full advantage of it. It's raining outside. Because my heart's desire is for you to experience what I've experienced. And what so many other have, others have experienced. That getting into God's word. Knowing the truth. Set me free from so much stuff in my life. I wasn't an alcoholic. I wasn't a drug addict. I was a people pleaser. I didn't understand God's designed for marriage i didn't understand god's design for parenting and so you you inherit these things that you you think are true wow you're blowing my mind god this is awesome so uh, we're gonna say we're gonna stand nick yeah let's stand nick says let's stand ah he didn't say simon says As we sing a closing song, uh, I want to invite you to be born again by faith, saying, Hey, I recognize that I've got sin in my life. There's things I'm engaged in, there's things I'm involved in. They're darkness, they're sinful, they're deadly, they're hurtful, they're destructive. Their attitudes, their actions. And I want to be free, I really do. And the first step to freedom might be right here in one of these aisles. I I don't do this all. Look, this is not a a tactic or or a a manipulation. It's the fact that at some point in your life, you're going to have to stand for what you believe in. And where easier to stand for what you believe in than here among other people who believe the same thing. So if you can't say, hey, I believe in Jesus and I want to follow him. I want to abide in his word. I want to know the truth and I want to be free. If you can't do it here, You're not going to do it around the Christmas table with your unbelieving relatives. You're not going to do it at work with the people that ridiculed Jesus. So take that first step right here. Gain a little bit of boldness and strength. and It'll be easier in other places. I want to invite you to be free. Amen? Amen. Amen.